I think one of the main reasons I've been able to kind of succeed over the last few years is because I took recruiting very serious at the start of every season. Every worker I've hired has stuck around for the entire summer, you know, wants to get in those full-time hours, wants to do a good job and get a great review. And it's just investing in the goal I've set for our team. You know, I, I truly wouldn't have been able to do what I've done over the last three years without the amazing team I've had the pleasure of working with. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders have a really amazing uh, young leader that I just had a conversation with. Jack Hayward uh, spent two years working with the business. He uh, came in working with his brother for a couple seasons and developed a really great relationship with Adam Dennison, who's been on the podcast. And he came in and, and just had three amazing years, You know, literally going to do $750,000, $800,000 over a university career in our business. Just, just incredible, you know, 200, 225, and then already over 300 bouncing towards 400,000, which is his goal. He's got a future laid out for him, uh, for us himself in commercial real estate. And, you know, for me, I just remember Jack coming into the program and just see who he is as a leader and just all the progress he's, he, he's made. I just so excited for him, uh, and, uh, what he's accomplished and his future. And, you know what? Why we do this? We do this to to share the amazing leaders, to share the success stories that we have, and to see if you know anyone who is looking to be and have the type of career Jack is, and 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 someone who's who's interested in the results economy that he talks about, interested in taking risks and becoming a leader uh, in the economy. So if you do, please reach out at cthompson at studentworks.com, or you can apply at studentworks.com, or you could share this uh, podcast with a friend. So thanks so much and hope you have a super fantastic day. So Jack, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow. Thanks, Chris. Happy to be here. Yeah, I know. Really, really psyched. So why don't you sort of walk us back before you became an operator? Who was Jack Hayward? Yeah, for sure. Um, so at the time, I was 18 years old. I was a first-year student at the University of Guelph studying economics and finance. I was just working as a uh, full-time painter throughout the summer. You know, I figured if I was in university, going to school from September to April and getting an hourly job from May to August was really the only route to take. You know, prior to being an operator, I was always interested in being an entrepreneur, mainly because I just loved the idea of a results-based economy where you're making what you're putting in. I really just didn't think it was possible to run a business while being in school. And I honestly had no guidance on where to start. Yeah, I, uh, I just couldn't really stand working a job where you knew exactly what you were going to make on your shift and you knew exactly what you were going to do uh, from doing so. Right. Um, it wasn't until like talking to my current boss at the time, Adam, which I'm sure you know, obviously. Exactly. Daddy, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that I realized it is totally possible to run your own business while in school. And uh, once I stated my interest in doing so, he was incredibly helpful showing me the ropes and the people to make it happen. Awesome. Awesome. So so what was your experience working with Denny or Adam Dennison? And, you know, how did it go? What did you struggle with? What, what went well? Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically working with Adam kind of allowed me to be who I am today. He hired me as a painter right when I graduated grade 12. 
He put me in a crew with my brother and the two of us worked together the entire summer with my brother being the manager. Um, that summer, I was really just learning how to paint, which, to be honest, I wasn't great to start. Um, but like anything, with uh, time comes experience and knowledge. Um, in my second year with Denny, I uh, was an experienced painter, which allowed me to kind of see the potential at the job. We were placed on a massive condominium that was a three-month job with six workers. I was given the opportunity alongside my brother to help manage the painters. You know, and I, I just started to love my new role, which got me more invested in what Adam does. Following the condo job, I was just interested in pursuing as much responsibilities as possible at work. Because ultimately, I knew I kind of wanted to be the owner of the business following uh, Adam moving on. Awesome. I, uh, I began to manage my own sites and deal with client communications. And I eventually told Adam about my interest in running the business. And he was incredibly helpful showing me the ins and outs of the business, how it works, and introducing me to the right people to make it happen. And then uh, at the end of kind of my last summer painting, I went through the interview process. And by the end of that summer, I knew I would be running my own business the following year. Fantastic. Fantastic. Isn't that great? And I know your brother and, and Adam are great friends. So so that kind of how 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 you got started. Um, and uh, and so, um, you know, just walk me through you know, your first summer experience and, and, and just, I know reservations or concerns or, or how it all happened. How confident were you walking into that first summer having had two years of experience and watching Denny be successful, et cetera? Yeah. Uh, the first year running my business, I was 19 years old, second year student at the university of Guelph. And it was probably the most memorable summer of my life. I, uh, I mean, I just took such a leap. I, uh, I was very lucky coming into my first year as I had the opportunity to bring on four painters that uh, worked with me the previous year. They were already trained, motivated to help me out, and just really had a great work ethic, which allowed us all to be on the same page. Um, and then I then hired kind of two new painters to make a team of six painters for the entire summer. Um, you know, having this many experienced painters kind of allowed me to confidently delegate more production and on-site tasks, which uh, allowed me to ultimately focus most of my time to marketing and selling for the business. You know, something I was completely new to at the time, but uh, learned to love for sure. Um, I've always kind of found that if I'm interested to know something, I'll kind of put all my time and resources into understanding that concept. So, you know, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I spent my entire pre-production season calling other operators for advice, mm -hmm. speaking to my previous boss for tips about my turf, and being fully invested in the training Student Works provides for its operators. And uh, I mean, it definitely paid off for sure. Within the first 11 weeks of the entire 39-week period I was running the business, I reached my first year sales target of $120,000. Um, you know, this allowed me to kind of reset my goal to $225,000, which at the time was the previous rookie record. Yeah. Um, now I think it's a, a bit higher than that. <laughs> um, I uh, I ended up selling $225,000 for the year, but I had a project needing to move to the following year. Um, so I ended up only producing $222,000, which is just shy of the rookie record, which was uh, quite annoying, but I mean, still still pretty good for sure. Um, and, you know, at the end of my first year, without even questioning it, I knew I wanted to come back for a second year as it just developed so much in that first year. And it was just such a learning experience. Yeah. No, well, I think it is, uh, to, you know, to... Uh to a, a vast understatement, quite an incredible first year. And, you know, again, I remember Jack, like just, just, you know, you coming on, um, cause, cause obviously I know your coach pretty well, Devin, um, and, and uh, uh, he, he would just share and it's just incredible, the the huge start that you got, right. Like you just really came out of the gates and, you know, by week 10, you're already sold at $118,000, like, holy jumping. So what, what, what do you think created that? Why do you think you just jumped all over it so, so quickly? Um, 
I think just, and I've always kind of been like this in my life, just kind of, I've realized the benefit of starting things early. I mean, especially in a business, stress is can take over a business and kind of ruin it for people for sure. Yeah. So I think um, starting early kind of takes that away. And for example, in the business, I had a great sales start. So that allowed me to focus more on production come production season, where yeah. it's other operators, they might not sell as much in the preseason trying to juggle both when production season comes and it's just a big stress trap that's going to kind of not work out for the business at the end. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and it's so true, right? I, I, one of the things I love to say is, is, you know, to, for, to have people get to the spot of, it's not a question of whether they're going to win. It's just a question of how much you're going to win by. So by, you know, that year, that week in the season, for sure, you could tell I'm going to win here and I've got returning painters. So it's just, it's just a question of how big can I get, right? Which is a great way. And Really, all all three of your summers have been, you know, similar in that experience. So what did you learn, Jack, that you didn't expect? Yeah, I mean, there was so much I learned that I didn't expect in my first year. If I uh, if I had to narrow it down to one thing, I think it would have to be how powerful networking can be. Yeah. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to be running my business in my hometown. And uh, within the first month of launching my business, I probably had everyone in our small little town knowing what I was up to. I uh, I posted on all my social media accounts. Had friends and family share my posts, sent individual texts to all my high school buddies, posted flyers in schools, posted in local newspapers, contacted a ton of contracting companies, property management companies, real estate brokerages, really just about what I was doing and that I was available if they needed painting done or work for the summer. And I mean, like the dividend from doing so early was just massive. It allowed me to come out of the gates hot and get my name out there before people were even thinking about summer jobs or getting painting done. Meaning, uh, I mean, when people did get painting done or a summer job, I was one of the first people they would think of. Uh, you know, this just kind of taught me that networking really does pay off, uh, especially if you start early. Absolutely. And then you've got you've had three years of that networking, three years of, of you know, Jack Hayward's in the painting business. Jack Hayward's an entrepreneur. And the reality is, by the way, the brand won't go away. Not saying I know you're not going to stay in painting the whole, your whole life, but the, the brand of you being a leader isn't going to go away based on what you've done the last three years. So so that's just awesome. So Jack, yeah. was it as hard as you thought it would be? Um, you know, Chris, to be completely honest, I thought it was going to be way harder than it turned out to be. Okay. I, uh, I realized fast that, you know, being consistent on your weekly inputs, starting early, asking for help when needed, planning weeks or even months ahead rather than days, and, you know, just creating the right goals allows things to generally work out. I, uh, I do remember one thing that really kind of affected me in my first year was rain days. Um, as sometimes they're just so unanticipated and you know where I run my business the majority of projects are exterior and -hmm. obviously can't paint or stain if it's raining or even damp from the night before unlike other trades where you know you can work throughout the rain Um, I remember it was I think my first month of production and it was either the second or third week anyways it was rained or was damp for four or five days the week I had lined up a full week of exterior projects for all six of my guys and you know every night we would expect to work the following day hoping it wasn't going to rain. And the next morning for the entire week, I would have to call off the day due to rain. You know, ah. I, I wasted an entire week on anticipation and I had six workers ready to go every day. And by the end of the week, I really just had no results to show for it. Yeah, really discouraging, right? Like, and that's and that's one of the things, right? Like it's not, it's it's like you said, it's like, you know, the selling or the inputs really even things out, but then there's just the setbacks, right? And the the personal setbacks, the 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 the, the weather, the the client setbacks, the staff. You know, there's just going to be things that really make it make it hard, right? So I totally get it, for sure, for sure. 
And so um, let's, why don't we jump to our second summer? So what was typically, what was different? What was your experience of your second summer? I know the results weren't all that different, both two really amazing summers. What was different for you, Jack? Yeah. I mean, uh, in my second summer, I only had one out of the six uh, returning painters. Um, of all the other five painters, I had one that left to run his own window cleaning company, one that mm. left to run his own painting company through the program. One got a job in the field he went to school for. And, you know, I think the other two just moved. Right. Meaning I was in a completely different situation than my previous year, needing to make kind of recruiting my number one priority. And uh, I ended up hiring five workers before production season started, making a team of six painters similar to my first year. Um, you know, in my, in my second year, I didn't focus on generating the most revenue or, you know, producing the most work. I ended up selling and producing $245,000 worth of work, which is about 20K above what I did the previous year. I mainly just took my second year to focus more so on systems in my business, employee management and professionalism with clients, something I mean, I definitely should have tended to more in my first year. I, uh, I realized fast that a business having the most revenue doesn't make it the best business, nor does it make it the most sustainable long term. I learned what makes a business sustainable is setting up the right systems enrolling and engaging your employees in the business and having clients that are happier for you to other people. So that's what I spent the majority of my time working on with my coach in my second year. And, you know, at the, uh, at the end of my second year, I was just incredibly excited to enter into my third year running my own business because I now had sales and marketing experience, systems set in place for the business to operate smoothly. I was enrolling employees in the business, figured out how to get those 10 out of 10 reviews. And, you know, best of all, just great, happy clients that are willing to refer me to, to others, which is really just everything in a service business. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. And certainly this year has been a, just a real step up beyond, you know, again, just, just really, really outstanding. You've been in the top quartile, top 10% of the rookies and vets every year. And now it just jumped, you know, we're, you know, already at 300,000. We still have the capacity to grow our business. It's August 2nd. So what went into this summer? What, what, what was different about this summer, Jack? Yeah. So obviously the third and final summer running my business that's kind of currently going on, it's just been amazing. I've really just been putting together all the pieces of the puzzle from the previous years. Um, you know, although this year was definitely different compared to the previous two years, because I'm currently getting my real estate license. Yeah. Alongside running my business in the preseason and production season, this summer, I have to take two to three days a week for my schooling, meaning I can't work full time at my business this year. And my goal for the year is $400,000 in revenue, almost double what I did my previous two years. I'm, uh, I'm just booked at probably about 75% of that goal. And, you know, th things are running smoothly. I have uh, six workers divided into two crews. 
Each crew has a team lead that I've trained to deal with employee communication, client communication, on-site tasks and problem solving, paint orders, and moving materials. You know, just developing these systems to be able to delegate these tasks has opened up an incredible amount of time for me this year to focus on studying. You know, I, I definitely wouldn't have been able to do uh, both school and production if it wasn't for the early implementation of these systems. And, you know, as I enter into the final month of running my business, I, uh, I hired another painter and I'm, I'm really just trying to hit that $400,000 goal, selling some more jobs, posting some more ads and, um, yeah, just really striving for that right now. And, uh, I think, uh, I think the main thing I would take away from this year is that delegation and the proper implementation systems can work wonders for a business owner. Yeah. No, and I and I know one one big thing, you know, sort of for for people is, you know, you jumped into the season, you already you started January first with sixty seven thousand dollars booked, so that's pretty cool. What sort of steps did you take to sort of make that happen? Yeah, I think uh, I think the main thing was that I knew it was my last year coming in, um, so I just didn't want to have any regrets at all, and I wanted awesome. to get really hot off the start, and I think. Uh, like right when I found out I was coming back for a third year, for sure, immediately calling all my past clients, calling leads, calling my past employees. And I just wanted to come out of the gates hot. Um, and like I said earlier, I'm getting my real estate license right now. So I knew it just wasn't an option to wait to do these things till later in the season. So it was something I had to tend to early. And I mean, that's that's what I ended up doing for sure. Well, I love that. And, and it really is kind of, you know, one of the things we talk about is is ending a summer and then it's like we're starting another summer. It's like, okay, what can we do? And like you said, it's like all these extra steps can make a massive, massive difference. And, you know, and again, you know, I think, I think, you know, close to by the end of the preseason, you were almost at 200K. So it's like already, you know, broken through your first two amazing seasons. So pretty, pretty cool. And so, so what's next for you? What, what's, what's got you excited about what's next? I'm really just excited to kind of go into uh, my new career in real estate. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of just wrapping up the last month of production right now. And then that will be five or six years of painting with Student Works now that uh, <laughs> I'm all done with. And uh, it's just been an incredible journey. I mean, I, I started as a painter. And then next thing you know, um, I ran my own business in my hometown for three years. And uh, I personally just think I've done a great job and, le and learned a lot. Um, yeah, it's just been amazing. And I think I've just learned so many transferable skills that are going to work into my new career. And uh, I think if I had to say one, one of the most transferable skills would be the communication skills I've learned through the program. Mm -hmm. You know, in, uh, in real estate, you basically are just marketing yourself and your ability to help homeowners and business owners find or sell a property. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how you present yourself as one half of the battle with the other being how you communicate. You know, being confident in what you're saying, knowing what to say in certain situations or objections, and being con consistent in communication with a client can go a long way in securing a homeowner's or business owner's trust. And, you know, one of the main factors in someone signing with you as their agent is their ability to trust you. Right. So, I mean, out of everything I learned from being an operator, operator I would have to say uh, the communication skills I've developed over the past three years will have the largest impact on uh, my new career in real estate, for sure. Fantastic. And so what had you feel like real estate was the, the next step? Why did you think that was uh, the, the right direction, Jack? For sure. So obviously, I've, I've loved what I've done in the last three years running my own business. And uh, for me, it just kind of came down like, what, what did I enjoy most running my business? And for me, it wasn't production. It wasn't kind of the recruiting aspects. It was by far the selling and marketing. And mm -hmm. uh, came into the business uh, like three years ago. 
I had next to no experience in those things. I mean, there's obviously courses in school and such, but they aren't, uh, they aren't even close to the real experience you get doing it. So I think I just love the fact of marketing and selling. I love dealing with clients. And um, yeah, and I know like that's majority of what real estate is. And um, as I touched on earlier as well, I'm just, uh, I love the idea of a results-based economy. And right. uh, real estate really is mainly commission-based. So, I mean, you're going to make what you put in. And mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely have some faith that I can do well on that, uh, just with the experience I've uh, learned over the last three years or so. And uh, yeah, I'm just really happy to kind of start the new career for sure. Fantastic. And are you going to be starting at Meaford or in Kitchener, Waterloo, Guelph? Um, so yeah, in like Waterloo area, and I'll be working in commercial real estate. Um, Fantastic. And I'll be working with my brother again. So uh, full life, full cycle there. Um, <laughs> my manager when I was a painter, and then he's probably going to be managing me again for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, he's smart. He's smart. Good recruiting for him. So yeah. we've had so many of our past alumni actually have really, really huge careers in commercial and residential real estate. So Jack, I'm really, really super excited for that for you. So what key habits would someone want to steal from you? Yeah, I uh, I think the main habit that's kind of helped me develop myself year by year is analyzing my failures. Okay. Failure really is just feedback at the end of the day. And it's such a major waste to ignore your failures. You know, whenever something goes wrong at work or even in my personal life, I like to think of it in four stages. One, what went wrong? Two, why things went wrong? Three, what could I have done to avoid this outcome? And four, what am I going to change for next time? And, you know, just repeating these stages with every failure I encounter and writing it down allows me to never make the same mistake twice. And, um, you know, every, everyone does fail at some point in their life, but not everyone takes advantage of those failures to develop themselves as individuals. So if I was to steal uh, one of my habits, it would have to be take your failures as feedback and a learning opportunity. Yeah, fantastic. And kind of like we like to say, take the morality out of it, like the beating yourself up stuff, you know, oh, so stupid. Why did I do that? You know, no, no, no. What can we learn? What can we develop? How, how can we get better? So what about, you know, any big memorable setbacks or failures and things that you learn from them, Jack? I think the main thing would be not in my first year, I think it would just be kind of not communicating with clients as much as I should have. Okay. I definitely focused on that more in my second year, but I, I just remember in my first year, it was, uh, I think I had like a, in July, like I booked my May and June early. And then I was just so tuned in on kind of like setting up those first weeks of product, first months of production and kind of having my business run smoothly as my first time experiencing this kind of thing. And I kind of put, uh, put July and August kind of on the back burner and all the clients I booked for those months. So, I mean, come the start of July, they're like, Hey Jack, like they're giving me calls. Like what's going on? Why didn't you talk to me? And yeah. it just kind of puts a bad feeling in your stomach. And, um, so I think I, I kind of knew that I had to kind of change things up for the following year. So I kind of set up systems, um, kind of emailing them, giving them constant updates every week, um, giving them not exact days when we're going to start, but kind of like time frames. Cause mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, you're going to run into rain days. Jobs are going to take longer than expected. Yeah. And it's just so difficult to give a promise for an exact day. Um, yeah. So I think um, the main failure I kind of uh, fixed for sure was just c- client communication. And then uh, I guess if I had to say a second one as well, it would be with those rain days. Yeah. Um, you know, as, I, as I was talking about earlier, um, rain days really did kind of put a toll on my business at the start of the year. And I think uh, I knew after I wasted one out of 16 weeks of production due to rain, I, I had to change things up. So, you know, I, I started to use what's called a rain day list. Mm-hmm. Every 
interior I had already booked or interiors I was booking from then on, I would ask if they want to be added to the rain day list. And, you know, the rain day list is just a list of interior clients that would give their permission to let us come in when it is raining. Um, they'd be given kind of one to two days notice when I foresaw rain in the forecast. And, uh, you know, I just made a material rain day kit kept in my garage. And whenever it did rain, I would keep the client. I would call the client in the morning, confirm exterior wasn't happening for that day. And we were going to their site. It was, uh, it was really just a list to, to make a secure backup plan to ensure production wouldn't be halted and uh, my workers would have work for the day. Fantastic. And you keep making revenue. So, you know, and not not have that, you know, just that real sense of discouragement that you experienced and talked about earlier. It really is discouraging. You're working so hard and, you know, five days or whatever, and it can easily happen. Uh, you know, your ter- territory is up by uh, Georgian Bay, Lake Huron. So there's a lot more rain than than in many areas of, of the province. Not as not as uh, much rain as the East Coast, but a lot of rain. And uh, so so having that strategy is really, really helpful. So I love that. Love that. Thanks for sharing those those habits and, and sort of setbacks and, and a great example of how you're turning again, setbacks into success. Right. So um, so anything that you'd like to share that we haven't hit on, Jack? Yeah, I guess um, I guess just mainly the importance of recruiting and mainly the importance of recruiting early. Um, mm. I think uh, I think one of the main reasons I've been able to kind of succeed over the last few years is because I took recruiting very serious at the start of every season. Every worker I've hired has stuck around for the entire summer. You know, wants to get in those full time hours, wants to do a good job and get a great review. And it's just invested in the goal I've set for our team. You know, I, I truly wouldn't have been able to do what I've done over the last three years without the amazing team I've had the pleasure of working with. And, you know, hiring a great team just comes from recruiting early. You recruit early. You're also getting people who don't procrastinate, like to plan ahead, get ahead of things. And generally, they're just great workers, I've found. Whereas at the other end, if you wait to recruit to the last minute, you're also going to get workers who are looking for employment at the last minute, like to procrastinate, don't plan ahead, and generally are just bottom of the barrel picks, which will slowly impact the results your business can bring in. You know, a, uh, a business can only really thrive if you have the right people to make it happen. So really just make recruiting an early focus when starting a business. Yeah, I love that. Love that. And, and again, such a great example for this year, you know, coming close and and hopefully by the end of it, doubling your businesses in your first two years while you know, spending all this other time, right? Like, and that's, there's just no way that's possible, right? Without an amazing team. Like, and it's, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where, where sometimes people hear that, Jack, one of the concerns I have is people hear that and they think it's, it's like, blah, blah, blah. It's all about my people or blah, blah, blah. It's all about the customer. No, it really is all about my people who can go and in the end, please my customer. Don't you find the same? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> well, that's awesome, Jack. So, so Jack, final question. When you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? Yeah, uh, I mean, this is just such a great question. Um, when I think of a leader of tomorrow, I think of someone who takes risks in their lives. The majority of people I've met in life who are doing great and really love where they're at started by taking a risk on something, whether that be starting their own business, getting out of their comfort zone, making an investment into something, someone, or even themselves. So risks always come with great return, in my opinion. You know, that risk can come from a failure where you walked away with a lesson and more knowledge on something, or it can come with a better life, better job, better financial position, better mindset, and so on. You know, take, taking risks only make you a stronger person long term, whether that risk failed or went just planned. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that results can only come from action, not from thought or imagination. 
So overall, the one thing that every leader of tomorrow has in common is the fact that they are not afraid to take risks in their life. What a great answer. I love that. I love the focus on, uh, on, on risk. And that's something everybody who gets in this program really takes on, right? There's a bunch of risks that you take on, right? Every summer, it doesn't matter, right? I'm, I'm investing in equipment. I'm, I'm taking a risk with all my time. I don't get paid until the end. So, there, so it really is uh, so true here and so true when we look at really big performers in the real world. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's all about kind of betting on yourself there. Um, I mean, like three years ago, I took a risk. I had no idea if I would even be profitable in, in my first year. And next uh, thing I knew, I was did really well. And I knew I wanted to do it for the following year and the year after that. And look where I am now, I'm getting into real estate. And I, I just really don't think I'd be where I am today without taking that original risk, for sure. Well, fantastic. All right, Jack. Uh, just was so well done. Hey, leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.